I want to get straight into the verse. Uh, we're starting a brand new series today, but I want to get straight into uh, kind of the hanger verse. I have a lot of verses today, but this is the direction we're going to head in. Mark uh, chapter 12, it should be King James Version. It should be King James, and, and there's a reason for that. Uh, can we change that? Can we change? That's fine. It's not, it's not your fault. Uh, we're going to do King James, but either way, I'll, I'll take it in this direction. Mia Moore is a brand new series, My Love. Are you excited about Mia Moore? Good, good. A series on all things relationships, um, singleness, dating, marriage, um, the big S word. We're going to be talking about that. So, so if you're not ready for your kids to hear about this, I encourage you to check them in to, to, to HL Kids. Um, I, I, I think that you should allow them to sit in if they are of age, um, because if they're going to hear about... Uh, they're going to hear about sex, it should be from the church. It should be from the church and not the world. I was at the barbershop yesterday, and typically my barber, he's great at turning on some different kind of music when the pastor comes in. But I don't know. He, he must have been tired or something, and he had all, the, all these words, edited, playing. And I'm like, well, at least they're edited. But if my boy was really listening, he'd be able to figure out what they're talking about. So I don't know. Maybe he just forgot I was a pastor or something. It's all good. It doesn't matter. But I don't want the world teaching my kids about sex. We need to, we need to teach them what God says about sex because God has their best interests. And um, so, so I, I want to encourage you with this. Not, not one weekend is purely devoted to marriage or dating or singleness. We may lean more on one side or, or on one situation, but what we want to do is teach principles that pervade all situations. Um, I think as a single person... Um, there are some things that, that you can learn as you prepare for marriage. And I think married people forget that at one time you were single and, and you did some things right. And once you get married, you stop doing those things. So I don't, don't, you know, I don't want to be five minutes into a message next Sunday and say, we're going to talk about singleness. And the married people get up and they walk out or talk about marriage and the single people walk out. Every weekend is for every body. Every message is designed for everyone. So Mark 12, I bought some time for you guys. Great job, production. Mark 12, verse 28 says this. And one of the scribes came, taking y'all King James Version, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, talking about Jesus. Jesus is in a debate right now with some religious people. Um, it's funny, I was in my barber's chair yesterday, and I started singing one of the songs. He said, you ain't supposed to know that. And I'm like, Jesus wasn't supposed to know a lot of things, but he did. So religious people need to kick, kick it and, and do something. Perceiving that, and, and he's a pastor's kid, so he's really trying to get away from the things of God. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to bridge the gap. I, I know some secular music. I know a little, anyway, so sorry. That's not, this is a holy pulpit. So here it is. All right, where am I at? He answered them well, uh, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Verse 29, and Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Verse 30, and thou shalt love Jesus Christ. I haven't read King James in years. (laughs) And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, 
and with all thy mind and all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, watch this, is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. This is the key for today's message. As thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay. So I was riding the other day with my 11-year-old, Jaziel. We were at a stop sign, and I flipped down his mirror on his side, and I told him, I said, look at yourself and tell me what you see. And the light turned green, and so I started driving. And his answer as I started driving, he said, I see a shaky boy. Because he was looking in the mirror, and the mirror started shaking. I said, I forgot you're 11, and you think your sarcasm is funny. Um, I said, for real, for real, tell me what you see. He said, well, I, I, see, I see teeth, I see eyebrows. I see, this was so funny. <laughs> he said, I see a mustache. <laughs> and, and he does. If you look from the side, he has a mustache. Even Judah has a mustache. Some of your kids have mustaches right now. Even the little girls, they got mustaches. <laughs> I'm feeling good about this series, so I, I might be a little messy. I was riding the other day thinking about doing a series called Messy Church. We're all messed up lovers of God. Does anyone have it all together in here? Amen. Messy Church. Put your hands together for a messy church. A real church. Too much. Too much going on. All right. Sorry. And so um, I said, um, I said, uh, do you like what you see? He said, yes. I said, um, can you rate what you see? He said, on a scale from 1 to 100. I said, sure. That's a big scale. But um, he said, 110. Wow. I said, wow, impressive. I said, Impre-. I said, can you explain some of that? He said, well, um, he says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smart and, and I'm handsome and I'm cute. I said, well, do you, do you love yourself? He said, yeah, I love myself. I said, why do you love yourself? He said, because I was created by God and and, and I'm special, and I'm a leader, and I'm going to change the world. And um, I said, man, that, that, that's, that's real good. That's real good. I said, Ex- explain to me why it's important to love yourself. Why is it important to love yourself? He, he said, because you, you got, there, there's so much in store f- for you in the future. It's so important to love yourself. And so I said, how, how are you going to go about loving yourself? He said, well, I got to feed myself and... I have to continue to educate myself and put myself around the right people. Uh, that's how I'm going to continue to love myself. And I love what, what Jesus says here. He says that the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And then he moves on and he says, but there's a second one that is equal to loving God. So, so it's kind of one and the same. And he says to love your neighbor. To, to love the next person, and he puts a qualifier there, as you love yourself, as you love yourself. And Jesus is teaching us something. He's saying that um, the, the, the way in which you love yourself is the filter through which you're going to love other people. Wow. And, 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 and so if, if, you can, if you can learn to, to love yourself well, if you can learn to admire what God has created and the potential that's on the inside and, 
And um, even the way that you look, if you can learn to appreciate and adore and admire and celebrate that, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to naturally filter through, through you into the lives of other people. And so um, the, the key to understanding this is, is that uh, whether you're single or married, um, Jesus is saying that it's so important that you love yourself. If, if self-love is healthy, then your love for others will be healthy. Um, even if God is preparing someone for you, and which I believe he is, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I knew Rhoda was ready for this series. I feel pressure, man. I can't let Rhoda down. So I was preparing all week. I was thinking about, would Rhoda approve of that? No, nah, that, don't, that don't hit right. Yes. And um, because this is, this is the thing, um, anyone that God is preparing for you does not deserve an unhealthy you. They, they need a, a healthy, whole you. And so today I want to bring you a talk entitled, Love Thyself Well. Love Thyself Well. And um, I want to give you four practical ways that I believe, and not exhaustive, I mean, we could go all day with this, but four practical ways that you can love yourself well. Uh, we're going to end on the inside. We're going to start outward, but we're going to end on the inside. Some of you are going to say, man, why, you know, why don't we start with God's love, and we're going to end that way, but I, I want to I take you through four practical ways to love yourself well. Number one, uh, in order to love yourself well, you got to pursue growth. That's one way that you can love yourself well. Pursue growth. Uh, First Chronicles 4, one of our favorite verses around here, verse 9, says this, says, Jabez was more distinguished than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because he had such a hard time at his birth. Jabez means distress. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would wonderfully bless me and help me in my work. Here it is. This is so key. Please be with me in all that I do. Please be with me in all that I do. As, as I pursue growth, as I pursue more, God, be with me in all that I do. And keep me from evil and disaster. And God granted him his request. Jabez had every reason to remain mediocre. He, he had every reason to, to own a life of pain. Whenever you... Uh, would receive a name back, back, in, back in this time in, in Hebrew culture, um, your name was prophetic. Yeah. And, and nine times out of ten, that was going to be your experience in life. So his name means distress, but it, but it also means pain. So he was destined for a life of pain. And he had every reason to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to struggle, and it's going to be tough, and I'm never going to meet that right person, and God, God can't change this marriage, this situation around. He had every reason to own that, but instead of owning that, he pursued growth. And we see it in his prayer life. He said, God, um, um, he said, expand my territory. He said, um, bless me, help me, be with me in all that I do. He decided to grow beyond his limitations and his and his boundaries. And so it's important that, um, that, that you learn to, to, to grow beyond your education, your current education level. Don't stop there. One of the, the biggest heartbreaks as a pastor is, is to sometimes I sit down with people and I meet with them and I ask them, where are you going? What are you pursuing in life? 
And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's next. And right there, I know you're not, you're not pursuing growth. Um, someone asked me, you know, uh, Pastor, how do I find God's will for my life? Like, what does God want me to do next? And I said, well, what God wants you to do next is what you're doing now. And if you do what you're doing now with, with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, if you develop a love and a passion for what you're doing now, even if you're going in the wrong direction, God is so loving that he will course correct you. But, but, but God, God can't trust a person who is giving nothing to where they currently are. He'll, you can, you, so oh, I'm, just a, I'm just a cashier at this place. Great, be, be the best cashier because you're showing God that, that, you're pursuing, that you're pursuing growth. So you need to go ahead and write this down. To grow is to admire your potential. To, to pursue growth is to admire what you're, what you're capable of. And you may not be doing something now or operating in something now, but, 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 but to, 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 to pursue something with passion is to admire what God has placed on the inside of you. It's truly a form of loving thyself well. To grow, here it is, to grow is to believe that there is more in oneself. To grow is to believe that there is more in one's self. And that's loving yourself well. That's, that's looking in the mirror every morning and saying there, there is more in you. As a matter of fact, if God is preparing someone for you, if he has created someone for you, that's one of the greatest gifts that you can give your future partner or your current partner is, is growth, is growth. I think, about, I think about a lot of the closest people that I love dearly. I was just telling you about someone that I love dearly. She's very near and dear to my heart. Growing up as a kid, I used to think, man, this woman could do anything. But maybe over the course of time, life just kind of got in the way. And I just have this uncanny feeling and belief that she has not fulfilled her full potential. And, and, and so you, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, man, I'm going to grow. As a matter of fact, when, when Pastor Kyra and I, when we met, um, I, I was studying um, for my MCAT to, to go to medical school. I was, we would go to Barnes & Nobles all the time. We saw each other three or four times before we actually met. Um, you were studying for your NCLEX to get your nursing's license, nursing license. And, um, and, and she was going in a direction. I was going in a direction. But what's so great about it is that we were both growing and pressing towards something. Why is that important? Because growing people, you need to write this down, attract growing people. Gr- growing people attract growing people. And, 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 and if you're not growing, you're going to get some... Something. Something. You don't want something. You want something. Someone. You don't want something. I'm getting used to my material right now. I'm trying to get comfortable with it. So just stuff off the top. You don't want something. You want something. There's a difference in what I'm saying. I can, I can preach that. One lacks substance. Something. It's missing letters. It has the potential to be something. Uh, that, ain't even, that ain't even Bible, but it sounds so good. Oh, boy. Sorry. Something. But we, we connected in an atmosphere of growth. Number two, the second way to love thyself well is to prioritize wise counsel. 
Prioritize wise counsel. Wisdom is apply knowledge that, 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 that gets the best results. Wisdom. Apply knowledge that, that gets the best results. I think way too many of us were making too many decisions on our own. And we're not that good. We, we don't know enough. Um, and and as, as Highlight has grown, more and more people reach out. And, and we're loving it because that's the fruit of maturity. Spiritual maturity is to actually stop before you take that job. You know, we've gotten recently a lot of people, hey, this, this is going to be a ten fifteen thousand dollar raise. Pastor, should I take the job? Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no. Is it going to take you away from your Sunday worship? Is it going to, are you going to move an hour out? You're, you're growing in this local church. I mean, God is blessing you. He's doing miracles. Your faith is growing. Is it going to take you an hour away and you're not going to want to drive to church on Sunday? Too many of us make decisions on our own. One of the greatest ways to love thyself well is to prioritize wise counsel. The Bible says this in Proverbs 19.20. It says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may, that you may gain wisdom in the future. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. We need mentors advisors, counselors for every area of our lives. Your pastor doesn't know it all, so you need a financial advisor. Your spouse and your future spouse will thank you. Your, 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 your pastor doesn't know it all, you need a health coach. You need a, you need a mental counselor. There's nothing demonic about mental counseling. The church for years, for centuries, has seen like, oh, you need counseling? That must be a demon. No, it ain't a demon. I'm just stressed out. I need, I need someone to, to pop the top of my mind and help me get some clarity. You need mentors for every area of your life. Why is this important? Go ahead and jot this down. First comes wisdom, then comes wealth. This is so important. First comes wisdom, the know-how. A lot of people have the know. We are, we, we, this, is the, the one of, this is the information age, the technology age. We are overloaded with information. There's nothing that you don't have access to when it comes to information. So a lot of us have the know, but we don't have the how. And, and the Bible talks about knowing how. Knowing how to apply your knowledge. Knowing how to make the right decisions. And then the wealth follows. And when I talk about wealth, I don't just mean money. I, I mean a wealth of joy. And, and I mean a wealth of peace. I mean a wealth of purpose. I mean, I mean a, wealth of, a, a wealth of wisdom that's going to that's gonna really bear well in your future relationship and in your current relationship. As a matter of fact, um, as, as we are in the process of... Of, of signing the lease and, and moving from, from Shady Grove Middle School to our new location, I reached out to four pastors, um, three of which are 10 years my senior as far as ministry experience. And they've made transitions from portable to permanent and just asking. Three of those, those guys, they were favorable. Yeah, do it, and it's going to be great, and, and blah, blah, blah. One guy, he gave very sound advice. It wasn't what I wanted to hear, but it was well-rounded. And what I did was I considered what all three of them said, 
And I ask the Holy Spirit, bring me clarity. Should we pursue this? Why is this important? It's important because I am your pastor. I'm in a relationship with you. And so, number one, I, I don't want to make a decision and, 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 hey, guys, we're going to start this new location, and it all bottoms out, yeah. right? Number one, I don't want to look like a fool. I love myself, right? Number two, I want you to be taken care of. I don't want to give you false hope. I don't, give your, I don't want you to give your friends and your family false hope. Hey, I know you're not going to come because we're in the middle school, and that seems weird. But when, when, when you guys move to a building, we'll come. I don't want you to give your friends and your family false hope. We're in a relationship so I care enough to seek wisdom and counsel because I love you and because I love me. One of the greatest gifts you can give your current relationship is wisdom. And, and you too, the, you married couples, you're trying to figure some things out. Guess what? The reason why there's tension, the reason why you're stuck is simply because you don't know what to do. So how can you pull in a third party? who's going to be unbiased, and who's going to give you sound counsel so that you can move forward. We're not that good. We have the no. We can Google right now. How do, I, how do I win this argument with my wife? How do I get my husband on the same page? And Google will give you 10 ways to win the argument with your wife. And you're going to go back to your wife, or if you're single, you're going to remember this article and pull it into your marriage when you get married. And it's not going to work because it's the no, but it's not the how. So prioritize wise counsel. I love this part of this is part of prioritizing wise counsel is to surround yourself with practical people of faith. You need to write that down. You need to surround yourself with practical people of faith. Not, not people who think drinking a Coke is a sin. Are going to see bad boys for life. People who like to have clean fun. You, you, you got to surround yourself with people who will come in here and you don't get your heart in peace. And they're going all out and they're jumping and they're dancing, but they know how to run a Fortune 500 company. You, you, you need to surround yourself with people who know how to get on their knees and, and fast and war in the spirit, but they know how to love their spouse. They're, they're, they're secure in their singleness. They're growing. They're going to school. They're pursuing their master's and their Ph.D. It's prioritizing wise counsel. It's, it's getting in a light group. It's staying in a light group, and that's prioritizing. These people who you're currently forming relationships right now, they're going to be able to speak into your, into your relationships in the future. Now you can clap that up. It's the power of the church. Number three, third way to love thyself well is take care of your body. Here we go. Y'all ready? Strap on your seatbelts. I'm just warming you up for week two or week three when we talk about it. When it's 35 minutes straight. Just bam, 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 bam. This is going to be so freeing. It's going to be good. I can't wait. Uh, I don't know. Hey, we're also going to have a Q&A. Um, we're going to create a platform for everyone to um, submit their questions about all things relationships. PK and I are not experts, but I think uh, standing on the authority of God's word and uh, going into seven years of marriage, not, not too long, but we, we can help you guys out in that, in that area. So um, 
Here it is. Take care of your body. Psalm 139 says this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. This is King David. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. David had a great admiration for his body. He, he was very secure in, in who he was. He, he looked in the mirror and he said, man, boy, you, you handsome. You're a fine man. And, 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 and what he did was he recognized how he looked as the work of God. He, he recognized himself as, as a masterpiece. He didn't say, well, my nose and my eyes and my cheeks and my hair. He, he, didn't, he didn't say all that. He was fully secure in, in, who, he, in, in who he was, your, your body, your complexion, your hair type, your, your eye color, your height. It is all the work of God. God was very intentional. And, the, and Paul also goes on and he says about a thousand years after David, he says that your body is the temple of the living God. So, so whenever you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and you say, Lord, I give you my life, I give you my heart, the Bible is clear that the Spirit of God makes his home in your heart. And, and your body now becomes the temple of, of the living God. And so one of the way, reasons why it's important to take care of your body is, number one, go ahead and write this down, is because your body, your look, your outward appearance is meant to glorify God. I was leaving the other day uh, for the grocery store. It's just a little grocery stop. And I don't know. My wife's in the bed. She's hanging out, watching a show or something. And she either heard or smelled the scent of cologne. I did one little quick sweep, you know. <laughs> and I got on sweats and, and, and you know, my, 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 my shoes all ashy from the building. Uh, you know, I, obviously I'm not dressing up. But she's, where you going? Where you going? Went to the grocery store, but I'm, I, I carry a few identities at once. I'm a, I'm a child of God. I am married, so I want to represent you well. I'm a son. I'm a pastor. Like I, you can't just go anywhere any kind of way. Come on, memo. Just we just be. Yeah. Put on my hoodie. You can't just go anywhere any kind of way because you never know who you're going to run into. You might be in the checkout line in the grocery aisle for my singles. And you might look up and see someone dressed to the nines. And and they could be single as a single can get. And, And that could be your person. That could be God's person for you. But God's like, I put them there. I put them there in the right time. They're right there. But you just, you're looking crazy. So they go see you and be like, what in the world was that? And I know it's funny, but on a serious note, that's, that's why I say you, you got you to gotta learn to make space on your face. C- Christians be walking around everywhere like they sucking on lemons all day. Just what is wrong? Are you Okay. <laughs> Just put a smile on your face. You're more approachable when you smile. Take care of your body. Exercise and diet and sleep is, is so important. Um, you feel better. You're, you're, you're more confident. Repeat this after me. Ladies, say, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. 
Come on, ladies, say it loud. I'm pretty. I'm beautiful. I'm gorgeous. Men say I'm handsome. Oh, I love it. I love it, my man. And this is the thing. The goal isn't to, here it is, you need to catch this. This is a revelation for someone because y'all are on social media way too much. The goal isn't to look like someone else. You you get on that thing, you get on that magnifying glass, and it gets you in trouble. Oh, look at her, uh, look at his, look at his, uh, look at her, you know. You get on there, and it's like, well, look at me. And No, the goal is not to look like or be like or have what someone else has. This is the key. This is what David was able to tap into. The goal is to optimize what you have and who you are. That's good, Jared. So, 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 so check this because, you know, there's something out there about, you know, having all the all the right bells and whistles, your body and all that. Look, if when you work out and when you diet, you slim down. That's fine. Optimize your body, your body. Why is this important? It's important because God has created people who are purely attracted to you. You don't want people who are not attracted to you because it may start off as, oh, they talk well. We have deep talks, philosophical talks. Oh, they make great company. They make me laugh. They make me smile. And then you get into that relationship years in, and it's like we're disconnected. Well, the issue is, is that they were never really physically attracted to you. Go ahead and write this down. Physical attraction is a real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> you got to check that box. Now, I'll tell you why. If it wasn't a real thing, God wouldn't have put it in his word. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 1 through 7 says this. You're so beautiful. Do we have that verse? Song of Solomon. There it is. It says this. You're so beautiful, my darling. This is Solomon. I mean, he's, I love this. Here it is. You're so beautiful, my darling. So beautiful. Your dove eyes are veiled by your hair as it flows and shimmers. Like a flock of goats in the distant stream. <laughs> hey, I chose the message so it flow better. I mean, he was saying some stuff in NLT. I'm like, that don't even apply to today. Your neck is like the Tower of David. <laughs> Brother, that's your dad. Why would you talk about your girl's neck like your dad's tower? All right, Solomon. Okay. But it was dialect. It's day. All right. It says this here, like a flock of goats in the distance streaming down the hillside. You're sm- I think y'all laughing because y'all uncomfortable. This is church. <laughs> I told you, two things that get, get your butt tight is money and this stuff. Dang, we're talking about sex in church. You just tighten up. No, we're, 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 here it is. Your smile is generous and full, expressive, strong, and clean. Your lips are jewel red, your mouth elegant and inviting. Your veiled cheeks soft and radiant. The smooth, I think it's lithe. Lith, whatever. Lines of your neck command notice. See, there's that Tower of David. All heads turn in awe and admiration. Here it is. Your breasts are like fawns, twins of a gazelle, grazing among the first spring flowers. The sweet, fragrant curves of your body, the soft, spice contours of your flesh invite me and I come. 
I stay until dawn breathes its light and night slips away. You're beautiful from head to toe. My dear love, beautiful beyond compare. Absolutely flawless. Physical attraction is a real thing. So take care of your body. My married people, if you're not on it, let's, let's, get, let's get back on it. Uh, we're guilty of it. Me and PK, we, we aspire. And we, we're waiting on this building to pass over because, you know, we're dropping off Judah and we got to pick him up two hours later and we're back at the building. Before you know it, we're tired. We're waiting on some things to stabilize. We want to work out because we want to look good for one another. If you're single, take care of your body. You're more confident. You're clearer. You feel better. Start waking up early. Start going to bed earlier. You're going to feel better. You're going to beat the world. It's just going to be good for you. As a matter of fact, before me and Pastor Kyra actually met, uh, we had three or four ins and outs. We would see each other. We would, you know how you see people. You, you go the places that you go and you see people. And I thought she was, man, she was so beautiful. Them big eyes. My God, she was amazing. The fourth way to love thyself is to live with confidence. Live with confidence. Live with confidence. Matthew 3, verse 16 through 17, it says this here. As Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At the moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, here it is, watch this. This is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. This is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Three things happened in this verse. Go ahead and write this down. The father shows acceptance, affirmation, and approval of his son. This is my son, acceptance, whom I love. I affirm him. I am well pleased. I approve him. And this was before Jesus started his ministry. Why is this significant, Mark? It's because, Jesus, you need to watch this. I didn't catch this until I was studying last night. This is fresh off the revelation oven, out the revelation oven. It's because naturally Jesus was a single man all of his life, 33 years, born a virgin, lived a virgin, died a virgin. But his call was to love people. And and part of of loving people was finding his bride. So naturally he was single for 33 years. But when he rose from the grave, he became the husband of the church. The Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. So before Jesus could actually enter into a healthy relationship with anyone or or continue his relationship with the church today, 2,000 plus years later, he needed confidence that only came from the love of his father. This is my son acceptance, who I love, affirmation, and who I am well pleased, approval. And I want to let you know, right now, if you lack confidence, if you're a little low in the area of confidence, we all struggle with it. 
whether you're single or married, you don't have to lack confidence. You don't, there's nothing you can do to gain God's approval. There's nothing you can do to gain his love. He already accepts you as you are. He's already affirmed you and you are already approved. And, 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 and you need to hold on to that because whether you're ever going to be married or not, or if you are married, one of the greatest gifts you can give the person that God is preparing for you is wholeness. 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 And you can receive that wholeness by just simply receiving his love through his son, Jesus Christ.